Hey gearheads and welcome to GT Garage Talk, a discussion about all things automotive. I am your host, Corey, and my goodness, what a week it has been. This week, I was supposed to have been in Detroit, Michigan, for the North American International Auto Show. I'm literally staring at my credentials next to me on the desk right now. And wouldn't you know it, life had other plans, as is the case for just the world now. Um, it, it's weird, it's crazy, and you, you just roll with the punches. Being self-employed means that um, sometimes you've got to make sacrifices for the business uh, in your personal life, and sometimes your personal life has to make you you get you get the gist of it but basically what i'm saying here is things happened at home i alluded to them in last week's episode and i had to say not this year to the detroit auto show and, and that makes me sad because there was a lot going on and this week's episode we're really going to get into auto shows in general what they've meant to me in my life growing up as a gearhead, what they are now, and a little bit of the news coming out of the North American International Auto Show here in 2022, because I don't know if you heard, but there's been a little something making a lot of noise uh, that is is worth a look. And uh, spoiler alert, Katy Perry, uh, one of her songs may be involved, not her, but just titles of one of her songs you've probably heard by now but anyway i i digress this week auto shows and what they've meant to me in my life and how i've viewed them uh just as a gearhead throughout my life and they've really been a staple since like the 50s autoramas and things like that look at even the movie cars y'all know i've got a four-year-old son like, even one of the characters in Cars, Flo, if you're not aware, she was a car show girl. I don't really know if I like the implications of that now that I've said it out loud. But she was part of the car show circuit in the 50s until she decided to settle down in Radiator Springs. It sounds a little bit better when you say it that way. And since then, like, Americans' obsessions obsession with cars and car shows and shiny things. Uh, yes, there are car shows. There's Frankfurt. There's uh, definitely European car scene is out there. But the American Auto Show, the big ones, obviously Detroit, Motor City. You've got LA. You've got New York. You've got Chicago. And then you've got a bunch of other regional ones. Here in Texas, we've got Houston, Dallas, Austin puts on a car show. Uh, th those are probably the big ones here in uh, Texas, so to speak. But the big ones for me growing up, reading Car and Driver, Road and Track, Motor Trend, you know, the usual subs su suspects. I can't talk. I, I always looked forward to auto show season because... That is when automakers pulled out all the stops. They had all the media there in one place to show off and kind of compete against one another. Who could have the biggest, flashiest displays? Who could have the craziest cars? Who could have the most insane concepts? And 
that was fun for me. And we've gotten some really fun stuff from that. We've had some cars actually go from concept to real life because of car shows. Think Chevy SSR. Never in a million years would I have imagined this funny looking curvy retro future convertible truck thing would have gone from this concept at a car show to reality. I've actually gotten to drive one. Haven't really gotten to test one because it almost sold out from under me. And when you're working with car dealerships, you got to be flexible. But uh, I did get a red one here to show Tucker. He was amazed by the fact that it was a truck that was red with a convertible top. Uh, he has ridden in a convertible since then, but for a, a while there, he was absolutely fascinated with convertibles in general. One, because he realized he could say the name, and two, because it was just so foreign to him that the top would go away. But yes, Chevy SSR is an example. My beloved uh, Chevy Camaro was actually true to form coming out of, I believe it was a 2006 concept and came out for, what was it, 2009. I bought a 2012 model, which was the 45th anniversary. So a lot of good things have come from car shows. And I, I just appreciate, like the like I said, the one-upsmanship from one brand to another. And obviously, I've been to car shows now, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But the, the herd of media from one press conference to the next to the next, you really, as an automaker and manufacturer wanting to get the good press, want to leave a lasting impression. And that short press conference is your opportunity to do so. And I'm not saying the art of the auto show press conference or the reveal is dead, but I've got the sneaking suspicion that perhaps we've seen the last of the glory days. Maybe it's going to take some time at least before we get to the full-fledged craziness that we once had because it's just... It's not quite the same. Y'all know I've covered Chicago for a couple years now. They've been flexible. They have not missed a year yet. They are traditionally, <laughs> for I'm laughing because it's Chicago. They're traditionally in the dead of winter and put on a fabulous car show. By square footage, historically, I believe they were the largest, if not one of the largest car shows historically. I know I've talked to the now president of that organization, and it's a lot of work to get done. But again, speaking to how they've not taken a year off, they pivoted. They were the last car show of 2020, again, dead of winter, moving into spring. They were the last in-person car show of 2020. Fast forward to 2021, they moved it to the summer, gave everything just a little bit more time to figure out with, you know, the craziness that was 2020 and let's just say it, we're, we're still in weird times. I'll, I'll leave it at that. But now they're back in full swing. 2022, my wife and I actually made it there in the dead of winter. Let me say, taking two Texans out of the warmth of Texas, even in February, 
to Chicago. It snowed every single night we were there. And I remember looking with awe and wonder out my window. Oh, it's snowing. But yeah, getting out, walking in it. I will say this. uh, We wore our face coverings, our masks, (laughs) outside, not around anyone else because it kept our faces warm. So side benefit of the times in which we live um, keeps your face warm. Anyway, truly have loved my two experiences at the Chicago Auto Show. You know, if you've been following for a while, we also did LA last year, planning on doing LA again this year because my experience with LA uh, in 2021, November 2021, was such a good one. It really was the turning point for me thinking, okay, car shows are coming back. Uh, The press conference scene was definitely getting back to what I remember reading about in my youth and my adolescence. Seeing just that kind of one-upsmanship, seeing brands wanting to make sure uh, that theirs was the press conference everyone attended. Uh, It it was kind of nice. You had some kind of offshoot brands that are really starting to make a name for themselves. I think at the Vietnamese company VinFast, that was really the first I had actually even heard of them was at LA last year. And I have not stopped hearing about this electric car startup from Vietnam since that car show. I am bombarded everywhere. I look all the media outlets. So You better believe at LA this year, I'm going to pay them a little more attention than I did last year because they are getting a lot of coverage and I'm interested to see how and where this goes. Apparently, the owner of the company has very deep pockets and wants to make an impression. So there's that. But uh, just... Again, going back to the auto show, I remember going from one to the next to the next. It wasn't the the spectacle that I have seen on the internet and in print from years past. We didn't really see many crazy concepts. I, I will say Hyundai Kia showed off some very fun concepts, perhaps the most outlandish in the Hyundai 7 in that... That vehicle didn't have a steering wheel. It had a joystick, which I grew up playing Need for Speed on our computer, and all we had was a joystick, which I will say is a very odd way to drive cars. But, I mean, it really helped my forearms because, I mean, I was pushing that joystick as far forward as I could because that was the throttle and just barely moving it left and right to steer. So... I had all these flashbacks to playing Need for Speed on our computer growing up when they mentioned this three, it's not even a three row, but three row SUV sized electric vehicle had a joystick for driver inputs. And it was really leaning heavy on autonomy. It was really leaning heavy on being a living room on wheels because the back of it was like a sectional couch. It was an L-shaped seating area. The fabric looked like tweed, like a fine tweed suit. It truly was impressive, and I would love to see something 
of the sort. But again, because they were leaning so heavily on driverless technology, like we know that isn't coming to us anytime soon. But that was their interpretation of what an electric Hyundai Palisade would look like. So coming out of that car show, yeah, the interior probably not going to happen. Yeah, the rear hatch area actually just being a big glass panel, probably not going to happen. But you can bet your bottom dollar that a lot of the design themes that we saw on that vehicle are going to carry over into whatever comes of the actual production version of, I'm assuming, what will be called the Ionic 7, because we already know Ionic 5 is their little blocky hatchback thing. It's not really an SUV. It's not really a crossover. It's not really a wagon hatchback thing. And then they showed off a very sleek looking sedan, the Ionic 6. So 7 concept, Ionic 7, not very far stretch. Looking forward to seeing if they follow that up at LA this year, should be an interesting showing. We have already seen spy footage, spy shots, camouflage test mules of Kia's EV9 concept being put more into reality. And that was a very angular, blocky looking, I'm going to say it, electric Telluride counterpart. Again, same platform, big three-row SUV footprint, but an electric vehicle. And I absolutely loved it. I would have driven that one home if I could have. Obviously, for many reasons, I couldn't. One, it's a concept. Two, it's electric. It was in California. We live in Texas. I've done that drive. It's long, y'all. And then uh, it, it's just a concept. But the blue color on that one, amazing. I, I loved the bl blocky, chunky styling of it. I kind of compared it to the Bronco styling that we're seeing now. Everybody wants to go big, chunky, blocky. That's definitely what that was. Very disheartened to learn when I got back to Tyler that my wife not so much a fan of it, which I really thought she would be, you know, again, leaning into calling it a electric Bronco from Kia. I was like, that that's how I'm going to sell it. Yeah, fell flat. Uh, did, did not ring true here. So we'll, we'll be interested to see how the final production version plays out. Again, we're seeing camouflage test mules out there. So I would assume a full-fledged show version of a production vehicle is coming soon. So looking forward to that very much so. Again, they showed them at LA last year. It would only make sense. We didn't see them at Detroit. Let's bring them out to LA this year. So those are the two things I'm really looking forward to seeing the most at LA just to kind of follow up on some story thread lines from last year. Obviously, uh, Detroit just happened this week, or for those of you listening in the Detroit metro area, is happening now. But uh, the news cycle is kind of winding down on it because all the news is out. And that's where I really want to talk about today is kind of the now of auto shows. And I want to use Detroit as an example. So going back to 2018, 
I see just this long list of production car introductions. We had Acura RDX, Audi A7, BMW i8, BMW X2, Chevy Silverado, Ford Edge, got a refresh. The 2019 Mustang Bullet, the Ford Ranger, Honda Insight, which was a prototype, uh, Hyundai Veloster, Jeep Cherokee refresh, Kia Forte, Lamborghini Urus, the Mercedes AMG CLS in E53, uh, Mercedes Benz G Class GLS, the uh, Mini Hatchback Ram 1500, Rolls Royce Phantom, Smart for Two, Toyota Avalon, Volkswagen Jetta, Jetta and Volkswagen Passat GT. Wow, it's kind of sad how many of those are in a tough spot right now, and that was only the 2018 show. Interesting. And then we had one, two, three, four uh, concept car introductions, which is a little on the low side, but still uh, not a bad showing. So go to 2019, still pretty strong, a little bit lighter on the production car list, Cadillac XT6, Ford Explorer, uh, Ford Mustang Shelby GT500, Hyundai Elantra GT inline, Kia Telluride, that's a big one, Lexus RCF Track Edition, that's a good one, I've driven that one, Ram 2500, 3500, Subaru WRX STI, oh, that's sad we don't have an STI anymore, Toyota Supra, that's a good one, and Volkswagen Passat Refresh, that's Again, interesting. Passat is, uh, for all intents and purposes, dead. So, very interesting showing for 2019. Then for 2020, again, pandemic ruined everything. It would have, uh, yes, it would have been held June 13th through 20th, but was canceled for 2021. It was kind of changed, altered. They called it Detroit Motor Bella. Let me try that again. They called it Detroit Motor Bella, and it was an outdoor enthusiast event in late September. So clearly a far cry from what the show had been in the past. Uh, there was the 2022 Toyota Tundra, which again, by that point, I believe we had seen it elsewhere. Uh, I know I saw it in late September at the uh, Texas um, State Fair, so... Uh, I can't remember exact timing there in September, but yes, the Toyota to Tundra, which actually is in my driveway right now, and I love it. Spoiler alert for upcoming reviews. But yeah, uh, so 2021, very different year, and now 2022. So we've kind of gotten back in the swing of things. Like I said, Chicago never left us, just altered, changed times, changed kind of how they went about it and was back in full force for 2022. LA, again, 2021, was really a good showing for me, but still there were some brands that weren't there. Honda didn't have an official presence, Honda Acura. Uh, General Motors wasn't really there. So there was definitely some missing faces uh, from the LA show, but here in Detroit, this is in their backyard, or front yard, as that uh, as that would be, all the manufacturers are there in Motor City. So you would imagine there would be a lot of uh, Motown showings there, and there were. And this was the entire list of production car introductions. 
Chevrolet Tahoe RST Performance Edition, which I'm not knocking it, but is really just a slight power bump on the existing Chevy Tahoe. Really not a whole lot done to it. Okay, whatever. 2023 Chrysler 300C. Many people have forgotten they even made the 300, so yes, stuffing a powerful V8 under the hood is a good thing, but it wasn't even the Hellcat, and this is the official swan song of the 300. It's the last year you can get one. So again, eh. uh, 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xE 30th Anniversary Edition. It's a special edition of something we already have. Jeep Wrangler Willys 4xE. Okay, I see what you're doing there. You're expanding the 4xE lineup. I'm good with it. 2023 Lincoln Corsair, which really is just a refresh of their smallest little crossover. Not knocking it, but it it's just a small refresh. And then the Toyota Crown, which was already unveiled at a Toyota-specific media event. So this is the first auto show. It's the first time the general public is actually going to get to see it in person. But still, like Toyota did their own thing. They chose to do something else instead of show it off at the auto show for the first time. So it's kind of showing where the auto show scene is going, where auto manufacturers kind of had to adjust not having auto shows and seeing what they could do and pull off for themselves and with the advent of outlets, even just like mine, there are really more and more outlets covering this. So it has gotten different for auto manufacturers as well. But the one thing that was true to auto show form, all the spectacle, all the, the pizzazz, all the flashy lights and all of the cringy perf performances or uh, just Yes, uh, if you watched it live like I did on YouTube or on Ford's website, wherever the case may be, you know that the 2024 Ford Mustang is out now and does come with either the EcoBoost, small EcoBoost engine, which packs a little bit of a punch, or a 5-liter Coyote V8. You can still get a manual. There are no electric or electrified options. If you want an electric Mustang, you have to go with the controversial Mach-E crossover. I just call it the Mach-E. I don't really call it the Mustang Mach-E, even though there is a Mustang on the front and the back. But anyway, yes. I, I, I've I've ranted on that before. They should have just called it the Mach-E. I'm done. I'm done. Anyway, so yes, Ford Mustang was unveiled the event was a spectacle. I am so glad that Ford did it. Just showing that auto manufacturers are still interested in car shows. They want to show stuff off. And interesting from this list uh, that is, uh, I'll be honest, I'm reading off of Wikipedia just because it's a good cheat sheet. Omitted from this list, you had the Chevy Blazer EV was there. First time the public's getting to see it, so Toyota Crown's on the list. Why is a Blazer EV not there? The Equinox EV was also there. So this list is not all-encompassing, but these were the big uh, headlining vehicles there. But obviously the Mustang absolutely stole the show. And they took a few shots at both uh, Mopar 
and at Chevrolet because the future of the Camaro is unknown. Uh, the Camaro just went through an anniversary year with not a word mentioned. Uh, this should have been the 55th. 2022 should have been the 55th anniversary. There should have been something. General Motors Chevrolet typically just throws some uh, stickers, decals on a vehicle and calls it an anniversary edition. They didn't even do that for 55. So it's all but certain that the Camaro is dead. Uh, the platform that it rides on is shared with Cadillac uh, CT4 and CT5. It's kind of a modified version of those cars. We know that those two cars are officially on the chopping block. So it's not hard to read between the lines. The Camaro, as we know it, is dead. The nameplate may not be, but yeah, my beloved Camaro, not, not so much. And then Dodge has all has confirmed that the Charger and Challenger are going away. That's why the 300C was so important. That platform that underpins all of those that they got from Mercedes when they were married to them way back in the day that they have definitely gotten their money's worth out of, those are officially going away. Uh, Stellantis showed off the electric replacement at, again, one of their standalone events that they hosted themselves which is the increasing trend is host your own event. You control the time. You get more face time with the media. You can tell the story a little bit better. I get the appeal to automakers, but it, it's just kind of sad for me getting into the auto show press scene. I know I've joked with coworkers in the past about, yes, I'm going to make it to the New York auto show one day. Yes. I'm going to make it to the LA auto show. Hey, I can check that one off. Yes. I'm going to make it to Detroit. Darn you air conditioning. But that was like something that I really wanted to do. That was on my wish list. That was an event, a vacation, a spectacle that I wanted to accomplish. And now with brands doing these one-off uh, events. Granted, the public never got to go to the, the spectacle and the production of the unveiling. Those were generally reserved for media to witness. But uh, Ford did invite a lot of Ford fans and enthusiasts to their unveiling of the new Mustang, so that was cool. And then just to have them there on the show floor was awesome. And so, yes, you can go, if you're in the Detroit metro area, go check out the new Mustang. Let me know what you think. There is a new variant. I don't, I'm curious what this means for the future of Mustang, because everyone is really saying this seventh gen is the last Mustang as we know it, the last gasoline powered uh, there was a lot of rumor leading into this unveil. Would it? Would there be an all-wheel drive version? Would there be a hybrid? Would there be an electric two-door coupe version? I had to say it that way because of the Mach-E. And we are very surprised to see that there is no hybrid option. There's still a V8. There's still a manual transmission. There's still a lot of fun to be had. It sounds amazing. Even I, as a Camaro guy, can admit that for the longest before Dodge really gave us the Hellcat and all the craziness with the 392 as well, I would say the Mustang, especially that 5.0, really was one of, if not the best sounding V8 
sports car, muscle car, pony car, however you want to classify them, uh, in the game. And so I, I, I'll be honest, I think the new Mustang sounds equally as good. Looking forward to witnessing it myself. One of the coolest features, again, just going on how good it sounds and playing up the fact that it isn't electric, there is a button on the key fob for car shows. There's no, we're freaking out people in the parking lot, I guess. You can rev the car from your key fob. Like, that seems like something Dodge would have thought of. There is an electric drift mode, thanks to their collaboration with Von Gittin Jr., where basically the handbrake is not mechanical. It is electric, but it will allow you just to engage an electric drift mode, which if you are on the internet at all in the car scene, you know the meme of Mustangs leaving car shows. So don't be a bystander. <laughs> uh, the first time these 2024 Mustangs hit public car shows and are driven by Mustang enthusiasts. Just get out of the way. Uh, they're coming for you. They're coming for all of you because Mustang Ford has made it so much easier to take out massive crowds while trying to show off. And I, I'm not ready for it. I, I'm a little fearful of what this means for the future of uh, locally held car shows and cars and coffee. Like, watch out. Leave early. Get out of there while you still can. Don't stick around for the end unless maybe you've got a safe place in a building and can watch from above. But that's all I'll say about that. But yeah, uh, so good to see Ford pumping some fun, some enthusiasm back into car shows, taking advantage of the media all being in one place at one time. I really hope this plays over into LA. I'm very excited about, I've already got my hotel booked, waiting on flights for various different reasons, but very, very, very much looking forward to mid-November and heading out west to the LA Auto Show for my second year there. Of the car shows I've gone to, I felt like it had the widest representation of brands and, again, had some of the most interesting cars on display and concepts. So just looking forward to the future there. Now, I will say... Uh, this was a little bit different episode. I do apologize. Again, I alluded to the fact in the last week, last week's episode that my air conditioning went out and it took two weeks to get it up and running. And that has been the primary focus uh, here at GT Garage Talk outside of testing. Would you believe we had three press vehicles during this outage and two of them were at the same time and that was during the toughest part of this AC outage and so I, I had my work cut out for me and trying to secure a guest that wasn't traveling to Detroit because again my plan was to cover Detroit and so that's what this podcast is is covering Detroit in a, a different way than originally planned so, you know, just had to call an audible on that one. Looking forward to catching up next week with a previous podcast guest. You know Jimmy Dinsmore. 
when he was on the show, said he was a Mustang historian. He was at the Detroit Auto Show. So I've got to pick his brain about his thoughts and impressions. Actually being at the Mustang Stampede, as they branded it getting to witness and see firsthand because I know from doing this that vehicles do look different in person versus on the internet and you have to wait till you see these cars in person before you can truly make an assessment which is why I haven't really told you my thoughts on the Mustang because I've seen some pictures that make me lean one way and I see some pictures that make me lean another so I believe LA is probably going to be the first chance I get to see it myself. So stick around, stay tuned. I'll definitely be covering it there. But uh, yeah, so pick Jimmy's brain about the new Mustang, how it fits. There's a lot different about this Mustang in that inside the designers, the engineers went all digital. So you either get one quote unquote, one big curved screen for your gauges and your infotainment, or on lower trims, you get two separated screens, but they're still screens, and because of that, you lose kind of one of those heritage items in the double cowl uh, hood or uh, dashboard, and that's kind of a shame because even the Mustang, yeah, there, I said it, the Mustang Mach-E has that double cowl look, and I am still taken aback by how much I really liked that Mach-E interior. Not the biggest fan of the tacked-on screen. Didn't really like it in the F-150 Lightning. That was the one detracting factor, but seriously, everything else in that interior, that was the first Ford press vehicle we had received, and it made quite an impression on me. It, it let me know that Ford was a brand to be reckoned with and not to sleep on. And that they're coming around in their designs, their materials, uh, and, and just their philosophy on vehicles altogether. And so, yes, get Jimmy's outlook on the Mustang and then his other thoughts from the show. I know he covered quite a bit of ground. He went to all the press conferences or most of the press conferences. I'm sure he has some frustrations about what I have seen in the... Uh, automotive journalist realms there were some complaints of the auto show media day which had a lot of us who didn't go kind of thankful that we were sending this one out because it did look like quite a pickle so all that just to tease what jimmy and i will talk about next week looking forward to that and hey uh all i've got right now from him is a verbal commitment the episode hasn't been recorded yet so if it doesn't happen uh forget i said any of this and we'll see where next week goes but gearheads i thank you so much for sticking with me this week i want to know from you sound off let me know on facebook let me know on instagram let me know on tiktok what are what is your relationship to auto shows have you been to one of the big headline-making auto shows? Have you seen uh, one of these concept vehicles in person? Because th that's really the only time public ever gets to see th these concept vehicles is if they make it to these specific shows. Sometimes they make the show circuit. Sometimes they don't. So very interested to see and hear your stories 
relating to auto shows, which ones you really wanted to go to or have always dreamed of going to? Have those dreams changed? Do you have some of the same feelings I do about these past two, three years and what it's meant for car shows? I, I can't tell you where the future is going. I, I do know from what I do that brands are reallocating funds. They're trying to figure out and navigate this new world. The chip shortage has not helped at all. God bless them. Honda and Acura, they have committed to not compromising on their vehicles whatsoever. General Motors has notoriously, infamously, not quite sure, probably infamously made the decision to delete key features uh, that would need necessitate these chips that they can't get in order to get vehicles out the door so that sales aren't down month after month, year over year, stuff like that. Honda said, we're not going to do that. And they are saying, if it said this on the spec sheet, it's going to be on the spec sheet. There's not going to be some, oh, we'll put a chip in later. There, there There's not going to be any of that. It's if you saw it, if we promised it to you, you're going to get it. And seeing their sales reports month after month, I'm waiting oh so patiently because I really like the brand. I like what they're doing. I like where the future's heading. I really want the brand to rebound, but they are still seeing some pretty big negative side effects. Meanwhile, Hyundai, Kia, Genesis, they're on the up, 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 and up. So there are ways around some of these chip shortage problems and it's just really interesting to see who gets affected, how hard, and for how long. So all that to say, brands are refocusing, trying to figure out this new world, just like the rest of us are. It'll be really interesting to see if we ever get a true 100% return to form, where, like I said in the glory days, brands are trying to compete against one another, one up one another with their unveilings and stop doing all these one-off media only events and let the public actually see these vehicles for themselves immediately after they're introduced. But that's it for my rant and my rave. I don't, did I rave? I don't know. That's it for me this week. I thank you so much for listening. Please, please, please let me know. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all the things. Let me know your relationship to car shows. And until next time, gearheads, bye.